Hello, everybody. Welcome to the MR Running Pains podcast. My name is Aaron Saft, and today I have a special guest, Fanny Barrett. Uh, and forgive me, Fanny, if uh, I mispronounce your last name. I probably Americanized it too much. Um, <laughs> Fanny is from Canada and a wonderful human being uh, with an amazing accomplishment of uh, finishing the Ultra Running Grand Slam. Uh, so she ran Old Dominion, Western States, Vermont 100, and Wasatch, which is just incredible. Uh, about nine, no, sorry, uh, 13 weeks uh, she finished four 100 milers. Just incredible. Uh, and, you know, we're going to hear her story. She talks about uh, all of her um, travel and logistics and everything. So uh, really, I love this conversation and I appreciate Fanny. This is you know, quite a long conversation that we had and rightly so. There's so much that happened and transpired and she has a wonderful story to talk about. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Fanny. Uh, at the end, I will talk about everything that's going on. Um, you know, want to want to thank everybody, especially for my fundraising efforts. So uh, if you would stay tuned after my conversation with Fanny for some updates. And uh, until later, enjoy this conversation with Fanny Barrett. How is everything? Been good. It's pretty cold here in Canada, but um, yeah, winter is here. It's been here for a few weeks already. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us, where are you in Canada, Fanny? I am in Calgary, Alberta. Um, so we're just by the Rocky Mountains. I'm about an hour drive there. So that's where I do mainly my training in the summer, in the spring. Uh, in the winter, we just train in the foothill. That's awesome. And uh, you, you just also said that you just recorded another podcast, but that was in French. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> podcast in Quebec. Yeah. But yeah, I had a few friends, uh, especially from the States asking, Oh, I don't understand. Can you do one in English? So thanks for reaching out. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Yeah, no, it was, it was great to, you know, have this, it was more of a informal connection through, uh, through doing the grand slam, but it's, it's great to get to know you and, uh, and hear your story because uh, this is definitely interesting to a lot of folks. So um, I, I'm sure a lot of people get a lot out of this. So thank you. So aside from um, where you are, tell us a little bit more about yourself. What do you do? Um, did you grow up in Canada? All that good stuff. <laughs> yeah, so I grew up uh, in Northwest Quebec, um, a remote uh, area. When I was young, it was all about horses. I had my first horse was uh, when I was 10 years old. Um, then when I was 26, I decided to move on the West Coast in Vancouver, um, just South Surrey. And I was just, there was so many horses and I love the mountains. So, um, so yeah, so I moved there and um, then I, I moved north in Alberta and uh, I started running when I was in Vancouver. Um, so I was not running before that. So I was, I think I was like 26 or 27. I did my first uh, 10K clinic in uh, White Rock did a 10 kilometer race and then had a bit of a, you know, usual IT band, like knee pain, gave up for a few months. And then um, I moved in Calgary 17 years ago. That's where I started to build up again, um, you know, doing a 10K clinic. And I think I really like grew, grew up, the, increased the distance, like organically. Like I did a couple of 10Ks. Then two years later, I did a half marathon and then I did the marathon. <laughs> um, yeah, and keep growing, you know, from there. So if you want, I can start to talk about like how I started um, joining trail running and that's how you meet all those people at this crazy distance. <laughs> and next thing you know, you're like, well, I'm training with them. So maybe I should try to do it too. I love to be in the mountain. I was, 
I think like most of us, we have a bit of a addictive personality. So it was the same on my horse. I was actually doing endurance riding. Mm. Um, so I, I rode up to hundred kilometers on my horse. I never did the hundred mile. I was, that was one of my dream, but I decided <laughs> to do it on foot instead of doing on the horse. So <laughs> that's um, tremendous. Yeah. So if you want, I, I, you know, I just increases my distance. Uh, so 2010 was my first marathon. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not a, a speedy, like my first one, I think it was like four hours, 25, okay. um, I did slowly increase. I think, um, by doing few marathon, it just naturally increased your speed a little bit. Um, <clears throat> and then I started to do like trail running. So 20, 2012, I went trail running in, uh, by Jasper in Alberta. Uh, it's an amazing trail called a skyline trail. And I was with my friend Ray and we both said, Hey, I would like to do a 50 miler one day. I'm like, Oh, me too. So we decided to, to sign up for Leona divide in California in April. So that was our first uh, 50 miler. And then, of course we got hooked. Um, so I started from there. I did uh, Squamish 50 miler the same summer. And then I did uh, Lost Soul 100K, which was my first qualifier for Western States. So that's when I started to um, to applying for a famous Western States. Um, but that summer, I realized in the fall that I had enough points to apply for UTMB. So I thought, why not? So I did apply and I got picked the first time <laughs> applying. <laughs> so here I was not even have run a 100 miler uh, sign up for a UTMB. Uh, so I decided to sign up for a 50 miler in the spring. So I went and did uh, Manitou Revenge in uh, New Jersey, right which here. is actually very hard. It's 54 miles and yep. it took a very long time to do it. <laughs> that is a tough race. Yeah. Yeah. A very technical for me. I think here we don't have that much technical, but um, anyhow, I really enjoyed it. I made, you know, good friend, my friend Larry, I met him to that race. And um, that's what I found about trail running. It's a, a lot for me it's a lot about people i meet mm -hmm. you extend you, you extend your, your you know the friends you have everywhere and then you just follow them and meet them at other races um so then after that i also i signed up for bryce canyon because mm -hmm. i didn't really want to start to be to be my first hundred miler i thought really <laughs> might be nice to have another race <laughs> in june um so i did bryce canyon it was it was magical um you know i was a bit nervous to go through the night for the first time and i I don't think I knew anybody. No, I don't think I knew anybody doing the hundred miler. Um, I went with friends, but they were running the fifty miler. Um, yeah, so that's where I learned. Um, like Bryce Canyon, I, I twisted my ankle just the day before hiking because I thought might as well visit um, Zion and all those places. Um, that's where I learned what, what you think is going to hurt might not be what you think it's going to hurt during the race. Um, I ended up my ankle was totally fine, so it was other places it was painful but not but not my ankle um so yes i went from there bryce canyon and then um in in august i did the utmb um totally totally recommend it it was beautiful i really loved uh, the alps uh, it's unbelievable yeah we'll talk about the utmb experience um my listeners have heard enough of me talking about it. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, there, yeah, you've done that's amazing race. Like I said, you did a hard rock, which is one that um, I've been applying for the fifth time. Did not get picked Aww. again this year. <laughs> yeah. But at least I did, I did Ure. Yeah. Um, 
maybe I can talk about Ray. It's one of my, um, the only one I did not finish, but it's probably one of my favorite Rays. Um, because yeah, it's hard and I had to work hard for it. And I, I quit, um, I think it was just mentally, I was, um, was not prepared. I think uh, many things happened for that. That was in 2018. Um, you know, you heard about thunder, thunderstorm, lightning and everything, um, which of course I was worried. It's not something you can really practice. You don't want to practice when there's lightning. <laughs> uh, so um, I was worried about that, but we did have a big major like hail, hail storm and I was yeah. really, really scared when I was on, yeah. on the, the ridge. Um, what else happened? Oh, I had... Um, I hit a deer just like 15 kilometers, uh, 10 miles before the Ure the night before. So, you know, lesson learned, try not to come at uh, one just before um, the night, uh, last minute, because the race, you could actually register just the morning of. So I was there very last minute. Um, so anyway, lots of things that happened mentally that was not at 82 miles. I quit. Um, and oh. then you're like, why did I do that? And I just, <laughs> I mean, physically I was fine the day after, of course, I was not that sore. So I thought I knew that physically I can do it. So I did, I waited uh, in 2021 and I went and finished it. And this nice. time I kind of took notes, all the things that scared me. One of the things was my, um, my GPS tracker was not working, um, which, you know, my, I was supposed to have a pacer. She didn't come because she thought I had quit because it didn't show uh, where the tracker I was. wasn't working. Um, so this time I brought my own, um, my inReach mini to make mm -hmm. sure also because in my, it was kind of playing in my mind. I was thinking, what if I fall? Because, um, he had rain a lot and it was slippery and I thought, well, sure. nobody, I'm here all by myself. I don't have pacer. I don't have crews. Um, what if, you know, I'm in the bush and get attacked anyway. So I thought, you know, so I could try to write down all the things that I think went wrong the first time and see how we address that to make sure I can uh, mentally be strong yeah. enough to finish this time. And it turns strategy. out um, I met Luke um, before the first night and we were similar pace and he didn't have a pacer either. So he said, hey, why don't we stick together for a nice. while? So we ended up doing the whole, the whole, the rest of the race together. So that oh, was, that's that was awesome. fun. And, um, um, uh, nice. yeah. oh, I'm sorry. I, I did want to hear about UTMB. I was just saying that my, oh, okay. I thought you were saying nothing you about my it. story. No, no. I, we want to hear about your story. Yeah. So um, please tell us about UTMB. Um, I was just saying everybody's heard my story. So they want to hear. Oh, okay. They, they, they hear, heard about enough about UTMB. No, no, um, no, no. I'm sure nobody can get enough of UTMB. So yeah, please share your story there. Um, UTMB, that was 2014. Okay. Uh, I went there with my, my mom and I have a few friends actually, um, I know that year we were, I think at least five Canadian that got picked. Uh, so one of my friends from Calgary, Joanne, was there with me, which was nice. Um, but yeah, it's just, uh, you know, I think we all hear how emotional it is at the beginning with the, with the music starting, oh, yeah. um, with a, a little bit of rain at the start. Um, but it, I just remember, um, it's pretty impressive how many people are there. Um, you know, we're not used to see like lines and lines and at night you, you look up and you just see those, uh, all those switchbacks feel full of headlamp. That's pretty impressive. Um, yes. I mean, I've met again, lots of people. It was kind of nice for me because I can speak French. I was able to communicate with the French people, but also, you know, English people, people from England, um, all, all over Europe. 
um, and also had a friend from uh, Spain that had lived in Canada for a while. He moved back to Spain. He was there, so it was nice to see him. Um, for me, I think the most magical moment was the first sunrise, because I have two, um, was uh, just when I got to the, the ridge on at the top of the uh, of, uh, um Call, but I don't know the oh, name yeah. anymore. Yeah, yeah. Place, but right. You got there and they go, Welcome to Italy with the big, big cow uh -huh. bell. So that yes. was pretty um, medical for me. And just going down in, in the valley when the sun rises, that was mm. beautiful. Yes. Uh, oh, my IT band started to hurt at 30K. Sorry, Ooh. that's about 20 miles. Yeah. Um, so that was a bit scary, but I, I don't somehow I just thought, you know, it is what it is. I'll, I was still able to, um, you know, going up, you hike anyway, it's too steep. But just when it was steep down, I had to, I couldn't run. I just had to uh, shuffle or, um, but the flat, I was able to run still. So it was a bit of a concern. Um, and then I met uh, this French uh, guy from Paris called Pascal. And uh, he said, why don't we stay together for the second night? And at first I was like, well, there's no bears here. Like I don't really have to stay with someone. Um, but then he said, well, you know, it might be more interesting to keep company, like to have somebody to talk with. So we stick together, but I did tell him, you know, my IT band is getting worse or, you know, I obviously slow you down in the down. Um, so I, in the morning we just, we, we split up. Like I let him go because it was obviously faster than me. And um it was different. Like for him, he was sitting down to eat, which is not something I would do. I usually just grab something. I don't like to sit down. I found I seize up and it's, you know, it's hard to get started again. Um, so I think mentally it helped have someone, but then sometimes it does slow you down in other aspect because like I said, I had to sit down with him to eat versus um, and then I was slowing, obviously down going downhill. Um, so in the morning was split and, you know, I finished my IT band never got worse. So Maybe that's the lesson learned for that race. Um, don't think it's always going to get worse. <laughs> I wish it went away because it finished at the end. Uh, it's super steep. I was shocked um, the last downhill, how steep it was. So it was pretty painful for me. But um, it was still, at least I was able to run the flat at the end. So that, that was fun. Uh, but yeah, that was two nights without sleep. I did not sleep at all. Um, frankly, I didn't feel it that much I remember the second morning feel it feel I felt a little bit dizzy I'm like oh I guess yeah that I haven't sleep for two nights that's what it feels like <laughs> um but yeah it wasn't too bad so that was how I you know I learned that I can go um some races I've done others after that or two nights without sleep now I prefer to do maybe a 20 minute nap just um it just make it more enjoyable yeah because nobody likes to really be sleepy. <laughs> so, yeah. but I also use um, caffeine pills. Um, drink coffee if I can, but I'm always worried. Not sure how it would, my stomach will handle that. But I so I just uh, take pills with meat and gels with caffeine to help uh, to go when I right do other pieces for two nights long. And talk a little bit about you, the differences um, between Bryce and UTMB. Um, Bryce, did you use crew and pacers? No. No. Uh, no. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, you were good going into UTMB because <laughs> you. Yeah. Are... <laughs> yeah, because UTMB, you only have one drop bag. Right. See, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. the about halfway, which is yeah, um, insane that you only get one drop bag. Um, did, did mom meet you along the way for some some assistance? No, 
no, no, no, no. Um, I had a hard time with the aid stations just with what they had and didn't have. Um, how did you deal with it? Did you pack extra or were you okay with everything that was at the aid stations? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm vegan. Um, so I knew that it might be challenging. Sure. Um, so I was able to have some, like, I can remember when Pascal sit down, I was only able to have like pasta with uh, tomato sauce. Um, so I always bring lots of food. I'm used to bring my own. So I don't, don't really have time to read the package in the A station. Okay, does that have milk? <laughs> like, or my protein? Um, but yeah, it is challenging. And I remember, I think it was the last aid station that finally had a bag of chips, potato chips. Like, I'm, I was surprised they don't use that over there. Yeah, it was yeah. like a stable right. meal yeah. aid station. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they always have, I think, like, there was definitely lots of choice. Um, it's just not necessarily things that we used to have here. So I did carry lots of, lots of food. So definitely I had a heavy backpack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and you know how they say um, all the safety gear. And um, it, it was funny because the first night it did rain at the start and I was all wet. I remember just having a, a merino long sleeve shirt. I think wool really helped to stay warm even if it rains. Uh, the second night I had to use my rain pants to mm. keep warm, even though it was not, um, it was not raining. And I have, I had a, my friend, Joanne, she's always a bit more cold. Like she always wears a jacket. So she was definitely cold. Um, she was think, yeah, was worried to drop because she got really cold. So it's, um, it's a good thing. They had mandatory gears. Yeah. I, I got to use it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at your first Ure experience you took away a tremendous amount especially after you know an unfortunate dnf um what were some of the things you took away from um both uh, bryce and utmb were some takeaways that you brought forward uh i think um well the confidence on a distance mm -hmm. uh for sure like just knowing it, it's funny because sometimes you forget like you just like i started slowly like building up um an example, uh, Lindsay was telling me, um, I met Lindsay doing Ure, it was her first 100 miler. And she did not realize that she, um, the drop back, she had to identify which aid station they were going. Mm. Um, so things that, you know, when you, you've been doing so many races, you don't even realize yeah. that yeah. knowledge you acquire. So I think it's important to really build up and slowly and the more different races you do, the more like, like really take the time to read uh, the guide and all those things and don't be shy to ask questions, things that, um, yeah, because some races are different. I think that's the other thing when going in Europe, you they definitely have more difference. So maybe I'm, I got more used to say, okay, don't expect to always be the same because yeah. you have changes. Um, things I took away, like I, I do, maybe I like to do like a, a chart I found UTMB, um, they're really good to tell you how far it, it is to the next aid station. They have some nice sign. They tell you the aid station is that many distance, how many elevation, the profile. Mm -hmm. um, lots of races. Usually you don't have <laughs> that kind of uh, chart. So I always uh, do my own chart. Even though I don't always have a pace or a crew, it just for me, it helps me to motivate me to stay on target. Um, I think build the knowledge of... Um, like I kind of know, okay, I'm usually at least, I try to be at least two hours before, um, finish two hours before the cutoff. Uh, I think it's important to build enough uh, time so you don't feel too stressed out about the cutoffs. And at the same time, you don't know what can happen. Um, so I always target that. I um, I think I'm someone who always um, 
be very conservative to make sure I, I do finish. Um, I think having the pressure, you know, to have your qualifier for Western State, especially if you only have one race to qualify for Western State, you're always careful. I usually do um, maybe 200 milers, kind of aim for that. It doesn't always happen. Um, obviously, this year I did more, but yeah, usually I try to, and I was having to make sure that I finish for, you know, to qualify for Western State or Hard Rock. So, yeah. 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 That's, uh, you have uh, an extensive list of 100 milers <laughs> under your belt. Uh, if anybody goes onto your ultrasonic page, it is the uh, kind of a, it looks like a bucket list <laughs> of hundred miles. <laughs> you have some awesome ones that you have finished, which is tremendous. Um, can you talk a little bit, uh, maybe perhaps about one of your favorite experiences at one of those? Um, yeah, definitely the um, for for a race, I would say probably Ure was still a very high in my bucket list, like. I like the format how you have few ins and out and you also have a loop so you get to see other people in the race because mm -hmm. um, I found even from 2018 I met lots of people and a lot of them were back in 2021 um some people like Andy was just doing it for a third time um Tracy was attempting it for the fifth time and I was so confident that she would finish I wanted to be there, there when she did finish um and of course he did. So it was it was also very emotional. Um, so Ure, you have like 14 climb to do. So I've done like the first 12, the first time. So I had two new only to do. Um, and the last one, I had done it in a prior trip. Um, but anyway, so the, the, the second last was in the dark, unfortunately. <laughs> but anyway, it was pretty magical to do the last one. I was starting to cry like when I was arriving to the last summit because obviously I knew I was going to go back down some way, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then you know hugging tracy and say oh, you know you know we we made it this year so that was pretty oh, much that's awesome um a race like that like ure and they're becoming more and more popular we've got races like high lonesome and actually you know obviously a lot of people yeah. do hard rock we are looking at higher elevations um and a lot of us aren't accustomed to those higher elevations mm -hmm. um probably yourself included um I, I mean some of the rocky peaks that you can get to can get up there but i mean i'm sure that's a, a travel and you can't stay there for long <laughs> um, any uh any insight into things that you did even if it's just mentally to prepare for you know something like ure Mm -hmm. um, well, fortunately, um, I live at uh, 33,700 feet of elevation, so it's not like sea level. So I think it, yeah. it does help. Uh, when I train, when we call it the foothills, it's about um, less than an hour from here. It's about 5,000 feet. Like you say, in the summer, we can yeah. easily go to 7,000, but we don't live there. <laughs> um, so the, I do try to train mainly, uh, well, like with you, Ray, um, I did lots of my training in Brad Creek, which is, you know, five, maybe to 6,000 feet. So I think it definitely helps. They say you just, you know, fitness really helped. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't have trouble. Like I, I went to Colorado a few times, even vacation um, at 14,000, I do get a little bit of a headache, but it, I'll feel sleepy. Um, but I don't just don't struggle too much. So I think I'm fortunate to have access to those mountains. Um, um, if I, you know, if I go to uh, Hard Rock, I will try obviously to, to go there two weeks before. But if you can afford a vacation time, um, maybe for me, I might try to go backpacking um, to stay to sleep higher elevation at least a few weekends before. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. And you talked about, cause you know, fitness is, is definitely key when we talk about altitude races, mm-hmm. anything specific that you did within your training? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Heel repeats. Uh, we have our local, um, you know, classic here called Prairie Mountains. It's, um, uh, 1200 feet uh, of climb. Sorry, no, 2100 feet climb. So we're just doing, um, I did up to five repeats one day with uh, oh. Mario, who was doing hard rock uh, that year. So we kind of were training together. I mean, we built up to it. Uh, it was a long day <laughs> to do just yeah. reputation that mountain. But it's actually, luckily, it's a mountain where it is rarely, like you can never say never bear, never have a bear. But luck, I, luckily, I never seen one where I was there or cougars. Like there's lots of cougars also in, in Brad Creek. But that mountain, I feel pretty safe to go even if I'm alone. Um, but that day we are a little group that we train for ultra. So I think it helps to be less boring to have people, somebody to talk with um, while doing repetition and uh, just be very, um, I, I, I have a spreadsheet where I keep track of all my training. Um, so I can really see how much mileage I do. Uh, one thing I changed since um, probably 2020, I added more walking. Um, and it still should really help, I think. And obviously we, Let's face it, we, we walk half of it, especially when it's very hilly, all the up, we, we walk. So um, walking is very important. That's something that obviously if we don't have time, it's something we're not going to do. Um, but luckily I had uh, more time to, to walk. So I reached out to friends that are not runners and even just walk with them. I uh, was walking a dog. <laughs> so <laughs> it added um, some of the walking time. So I think it really helps the training as well. Great, great. Um... I, I one thing I don't remember seeing on ultra sign up. Have you done the Canadian death race? No, I haven't. No, you haven't. Okay, <laughs> it's almost in your backyard. <laughs> I know. Um, I just it, you know, I'm somebody who like um, I, I, I would, maybe I would go if I have friends that were going there. It's mm. still a long drive. It's seven hours uh, oh, okay. north. So yeah. I usually like to go west or south, not so much north. Um, I won't say never. I know it's a new new people uh, that's been managing it for a few years so that um, it might be more interesting to go but um, I'll see I uh, yeah I like to visit new places yeah uh, I, yeah mm-hmm. it, it was a great race um, I, I did it in 2016 as definitely one of the ones I, I really enjoyed it was a fun course okay. I like the atmosphere yeah. around it too because they're um, you know it's they're, they're all there's very much a theme that you're not going to finish and it's like oh, really? yeah <laughs> yeah so um yeah I've, I've, I've told a story a number of times where the first thing that i walked into town and went to the grocery store they said oh yeah. you're running the death race and i said i am they said oh you won't finish oh, <laughs> yeah. it, it started right away and you know it, like uh i saw um, a woman gardening she's like oh are you here for the death race and i said i am she's like oh you won't finish and then you know it's oh, like yeah it's hysterical because uh and that lady was at the i don't remember i think it was the second aid station it was we went up a, this peak and uh she's up there and, and she said you know oh look at you you're in second place you're definitely not gonna finish <laughs> you know so uh, it's 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 great yeah that's it's, hilarious uh, it's, it's it's funny uh it's it's challenging it's you know because okay. yeah, i did I, um i did sinister seven which is brian and kind of say brian made it hard like his the cutoff is 30 hours and mm-hmm. for me i was a bit nervous about it but sure. 
you know, if you don't try it, you will never know. So the only right. way to know is to try it. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's great. Um, talk about for a moment. Um, obviously, you've done so many hundreds and, um, you know, it sounds like hard rocks on the bucket list. What inspires you, you know, to, to do all of these hundreds? Um, well, that was yeah, good question. Because right now I was like, okay, now I did my big goal. What is on the calendar? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I do definitely like mountains. Uh, I like the climb. Uh, I like uh, the views. Um, I will also decide. Um, you know, if you have friends going there or and visit new places. Um, I think my new goals would, would be to do the. You know, I don't know if you heard about that um, fifty states club. Mm-hmm. Um, I always thought it was for marathon only until I heard in the podcast, no, ultra counts. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Maybe nice. I can do that. So I counted. I have 16 states, 34 to go. <laughs> nice. um, so I think that's going to be adding to my, you know, try to find um, not necessarily 100 miles because sure. I don't want to just 100 miles, but maybe I'll reach out to people even like you, which, which yes. you know, ultra you would recommend yeah. one you know, in your states that um, yeah. a way to visit, but that's usually how I choose my, my races. I did, I did one that was flat as a challenge. I thought I'll try to break 24 hours. <laughs> that did not work. Oh. Um, <laughs> I did Brazos in Texas, okay. which was still an amazing experience because yeah. I never been to Texas. It was warm in December. I got actually, I got all kind of weather. I got there a few days yeah. earlier, car camp by myself. It was you know, just breathe the warmth when it's here, when it's deep snow. And, um, but then it slowly got cooler. And the night before the race, there was a, a rain warning. They even said on the radio, do not drive Friday night. There's flash flood everywhere. So the race was really wet. So no hills, but puddles hole everywhere. Mm. Uh, not sure what happened, but yeah, I ended up uh, not making 24 hours. Um, cause I was so good. And then it snowed after the race. I really got in four days, all kind of weather in Texas. I learned. Um, but yeah, it's funny because I did finally did um, break it 24 hours and it was a race in Alberta because okay. of COVID at all, you know, sometimes you hear not awesome uh, comment because they usually have bad weather and I lucked out. I went in October, Northern Alberta, um, not super hilly, but some hills that you don't have choice. You have to walk. It's um, the trails and it's, but most of it is on a nice quad trail. Uh, it was so pretty in the fall with the colors. Um, so yeah, so that was uh, one of my probably in terms of, you know, I had, I had actually a crew, uh, but not the crew, I had Pacer, two Pacer, but he kind of crew me in between. Yeah, I would say uh, Larry and uh, definitely crew me and uh, Anna paced me. And I was, I think having, people and even see because it was local that's where I realized the benefit to have a local race you know people it's so much more fun I remember going to the aid station and see all my friends and running with a big smile after because just lifted by uh, the energy to see friends that's you know, cool so I definitely see the people uh, see the benefit of having a crew and, and pacer yeah sure uh well um I will give you an open invitation to come join us here in Western North Carolina for Hellbender. That's our, our local hundred miler. It is here in the mountains. So right up your alley, um, okay. yep. 40 hour cutoff. So it's, you know, it's generous, but it's tough. It's really a tough course, but um, I heard about it. It's already, already on my bucket list. Okay. Thanks for confirming. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So um, let's, let's move a little bit into the, the grand slam here. So 
uh, we talked about your inspiration for for doing hundreds. What was the inspiration behind this, behind doing the Grand Slam? A friend of mine, uh, Iris Preeb, in 2013, was the third Canadian woman to finish the Grand Slam. Okay. Um, so I, I've been running a little bit with her uh, after that. So I, I can, you know, first like, oh my God, somebody like her, the Grand Slam. So I, I know somebody who did it. <laughs> um, so that was in 2013. So that's what I'm saying. I started to qualify for Western State. So right from there, I had in mind when I get in Western State, I'm going to try the Grand Slam. Wow. Okay. I should say I'm going to do the grand slam. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's been a long time. Um, I, so I've been applying, yeah, six or seven. I think I thought it was seven years, but I think on my ticket for Western State, it's six years uh, for Western State. Um, finally, I got in. Um, I don't know if everybody knows, but the grand slam started in 1986. Um, the original is Old Dominion, Western States, Leadville, and Wasatch. And then a few years later, they added Vermont in 1989. Um, and because at some point it was getting so hard to get in because at, at the beginning they would let people in if you were doing the Grand Slam, but then uh, Leadville became a lottery and they did not give you privilege to get in. Same thing with Vermont. Um, so when I got in, I did apply for, um, for Leadville and Vermont. Because I don't know if you notice, but I haven't repeat 100 milers. I really like to discover each time. So I was keeping those. Um, well, to be honest, I don't think, I wasn't sure about Vermont if I would do it. It wasn't of the Grand Slam. And same thing with Old Dominion. Uh, Leadville, I still like, I haven't done it and I still want to do it. Uh, was that was definitely on my list uh, to do because it's more mountain and things more uh, my type. So I applied, did not get picked for Vermont, did not get, so when I got into Western States, so finally in 2019, got picked, as we know. But so I, so I started to apply because even was that you have to apply even if you do the Grand Slam, but if you finish all three, they will let you in, the last one. So I got uh, the lottery result, did not get picked in Vermont, did not get picked in Leadville. So I needed one of those two. So I had to do uh, Old Dominion. Um, I was hesitant between the two. Um, then I decided to go to Vermont because um, at the time my sister was planning to come with me. Vermont is, I think it's like four hours um, south of uh, Montreal. Mm -hmm. uh, my sister lives like seven hours from Montreal. But anyway, we thought, you know, I can combine a trip, go visit my family yeah, before nice. and then drive there. And also the connection with the horses, because, you know, we used to do those races. Vermont is the only 100 milers where you can still race with the horses. So that yep. was pretty cool uh, to do that. Um, yeah, so I had to uh, do the, the fundraising like you just did. Congratulations doing it. Um, and maybe I just want to tell people, you know, um, don't be so scared. I know it's scary to commit for that much money. Um, but you know, you'll be surprised to like how generous are the people. So that's how I ended up with those four races. So Old Dominion, Western States, Vermont, and uh, Wasatch. Then of course the pandemic happened. So it would get postponed and I, um, we were not allowed um, to go, I think in the States in 2021, very, very, like the rule changed very late. So that's why I postponed it to 2022. Mm. You know for sure uh, mm -hmm. when I could go there. Uh and um, forgive me if you said this, did you get into Wasatch through the lottery or did you? Yes, I actually did. You did. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, 
and for those that don't know, um, when you're applying, I just applied for a Wasatch. Um, you put in your um, application that you are attempting the Grand Slam so that they know to put your name aside if you do not get in through the lottery. But if you make it through three of the races and Wasatch is what you have remaining, then they kind of, you know, take that as a consideration to to allow you in. Um, and Old Dominion is still just apply, um, which is nice. I put that I registered for that one as a just in case. But um Vermont, I have the fundraising. I'm actually fundraising for Leadville as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so um I'm about six hundred dollars away. It's a little bit more for Leadville. Oh, it's twenty five hundred dollars yeah. to raise for Leadville. Um, and I'm about six hundred for my goal. So getting there. Um, but yeah, that's it's a great way to get in for the um, you know, for the Grand Slam, you know, to be able to fundraise and, and especially raising money for Vermont Adaptive. It was touching to hear from some of the athletes and I've, I've had personal experience with um, a number of the athletes. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. I mean, I just got to add like Vermont was very um, amazing because I was part of the team and we had Zoom. Um, they really, you know, do yes. a camaraderie, get to meet the people that's fundraising right. with you. And during the COVID, Amy did like a core workout just to build up again the team. So that was very nice. Get to know her a little bit and other people. Uh, have this Facebook group uh, where you can interact with people and help and with tips. That was very nice as well. And the whole race benefit goes to the uh, sport and adaptive. So it's I thought it's nice that the race doesn't. No, it's not. It's not just part of the profit. It's the whole thing. The whole race is for. Uh, fundraising that is that is amazing good cause i think on giving tuesday alone we did forty two thousand this year um which was incredible um Mm -hmm. as a group as a collective Um, so it's it really does a tremendous thing for uh for a number of athletes and Mm -hmm. and, you know not just in vermont but in that you know new england area so Mm -hmm. um very cool uh, and yeah, because maybe for me, being Canadian, I was a bit worried that, you know, people might not want to give, like to go to another state. But I um, luckily I, I got all my money within, I think within a month and mm-hmm. it was before COVID, which I was very glad it happened before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe I just want to add uh, for all the minion. Uh, I know uh, last year they were still, even if we we're getting full, I think they would accept you. Um uh, I don't know if they change. Of course, you have to always look at the rules. Yeah. And also just people that want to do the Grand Slam, just a reminder, you have to sign up um, before the first race. Um, like to be officially part of the Grand Slam, you actually right. have to register. Yep. And this yeah. thing is $80. 85 yeah, 85 yep. Yeah, the registration for Grand Slam is also on Ultra Sign Up. Um, mm-hmm. There is a website. I'll put that in the the show notes for folks yeah. if they want to check it out. Um, and I did reach out to um, Vermont and Leadville just in case they did have any special considerations for Grand Slammers. Um, but they said that they go. Th- everybody goes through the lottery. They're everybody's the same, which is you know completely you know that's fair. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, but yeah, yeah. I remember trying to with Leadville, like right, like yeah, you can put a write up, try to convince them yeah, to pick right. me, but uh, no, I still like I applied two times for Leadville, so hopefully one day I get picked. It's still on my bucket list for sure. It looks like an amazing race, so consider the charity spots because there's a, yeah. there's actually a number of charities that you know that they work with for charity spots. Um, I'm working with the challenged athlete. Uh, foundation which is has a similar mission to the vermont adaptive um but they you know they had like um live strong's on there um i think there was at least there's at least four charities on there that you can raise funds for and get a bib um but as i said it's you know it's i think 
you know, the, the charity I'm working through is $2,500. I'm not sure if it's the same goal for, for each charity, but you know, it's mm-hmm. a little bit more for, for Leadville, but just, just throw that out there. Cause you're doing a good thing to, to get your bib number. Mm-hmm. Um, but very good. Um, so your four um, races, go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna say, so yeah, so the other thing about the Grand Slam, um, so we do have a, a web page where we can uh, talk, like uh, exchange thing and, and get to meet the group. So that's one of the benefit to do the Grand Slam um, is to, you know, to meet the people. Um, at Old Dominion, we were, so this year we were uh, 22 in total to do the Grand Slam. So mm-hmm. 19 of us were at Old Dominion. Um, wow. it's, it's not super official, like, um, you know, after the, um, you, at all the minutes, very nice. You have like, uh, you know, the, uh, the race director, uh, is like a big, I don't know, a, a big, uh, storage place where you go there yeah. and it's very nice to, um, the horse stables X center. Yeah. 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 Like the <laughs> <three> horse stable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I did rate the track. That's right. Just find the track. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was very nice to just be there. And then we, we just meet the key announced, okay, let's meet for the picture. Um, so yeah, we were three women, 22 people, but then we get, so it was nice to get, meet them. Um, and of course you meet the people at more your pace because you see them during the race, but it was nice after that race, after race to see each other, uh, keep in touch, you know, if you have questions or if, if yeah. something happened, you know, you can always have a group to quickly reach out for the, for the other race. So that was really a good benefit. That was part of fun. Yeah. To do one. Uh, that's class. cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. I didn't realize that they had a, a grand slam group, but that makes sense. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Very cool. Um, I had another question. Hopefully it will come back to me, but um, so um, for the grand slam uh, and a number of people have already asked me, like, how are you going to approach training? So um, can you touch on, you know, what was your, uh, what was your strategy like for leading up to old dominion and then from old dominion through the the grand slam how did your training go if you could give us kind of an overview um well of course the goal is to be as fit as you can um of course i've been building up for so many years i already had my you know kind of routine how to build up for 100 miler but that well I was thinking, okay, I have to plan. So Old Dominion is more, you know, say flattish compared to my other races. Same with uh, Vermont. But then it was not the ideal scenario to start to race before Western State. I think that was the other thing I would uh, prefer, you know, to do Leadville for sure, because it's more mountain and I love Colorado. Um, But also because... You know, we've been waiting for so long to do Western State. You know, you want to be fresh and uh, make sure you finish that one. Um, so that's why I keep in mind when Western says after, I know I will not have time to build so much on my quads and everything um, to, to have the legs to do um, because lots of downhill for Western State. Um, so I think what I did, like I said, maybe for the past year, I, I don't think I did that much more. Of course, you can only do so much. Um, but I made sure that my legs were ready um, not as much as, you know, like in, I knew that I had, uh, I think I had like seven weeks between, um, Vermont and Wasatch. So that block, I kind of use it more to focus on hiking, which was good also for mentally, because I was getting, I was not as interested to go running than I hiking in between after doing 300 mile or that, like only three weeks apart, each of them, um, and of course, I had to uh, do heat training because Old Dominion is hot. It's really hot. Yeah. Um, How did you handle that heat training? Uh, well, yeah. So usually I do hot yoga 
but because of COVID, um, you know, we're still in a wave of COVID in, in May. And I was like, well, I'm not going to go with like 20 people when it's all sweating and, and humidity in the air. Um, so for the first time I did uh, spinning in my office, I put two heaters on, crank it up, um, wear a jacket, a hat, like a winter and totally get drenched, like totally sweating. I was doing you know, a few sessions a week. Like we know that like the month before, like building up for the heat. Um, so I did that. Uh, I think it helped. It was, it was really, I still struggle. I would say out of the four, um, I really struggle at Old Dominion, which was a bit discouraging because that's the first one. And you're like, okay, this is the first one. This is kind of the easiest, you know, you look at the profile and everything. It's the easy one, but my stomach, uh, didn't like it. I had no energy. I, I couldn't eat. Like I just finished uh, drinking Coke. Um, that's the other thing is I, you always worry to bonk that I'll touch wood and uh, I never bonked. Um, so it's a, impressive that you can still just drink, um, you know, Coke or ginger ale and be able to finish. I mean, my stomach was growling. I was really hungry all night, um, <laughs> but I was able to finish. And, you know, when the sunrise always helped a bit. So I, by the end, I was feeling better but I definitely had a long stretch. Um, yeah, so the heat training for sure. And then, you know, was also built up after that three weeks later, Western State, which is really hot as well. Um, yeah. So I don't know if you want me to tell you more about each race, but. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, you know, so, because like you were saying, Old Dominion is, you know, completely different than Western States. Did you mm -hmm. do anything? Cause you know, if we look at the, the Western States profile, it, you know, yeah. we've got this, this decline over the course of the race. Did you do anything to try to accommodate for that? Yeah. Just build up my quads. Um, again, I have this, you know, prairie mountain and lots of hills here. Um, we do have also a challenge, which is, uh, on the gravel road, they close it for the winters, but they still have to shovel because there's a gas well at the top. So, um, I actually, what was it? It was, oh yeah, because of course I had, um, oh, I did a marathon as well. So, because I knew it was also like running because it's really runnable, like Old Dominion and Vermont are really runnable. Uh, and also um, you have what, 30 hours for, oh, no, 28 hours for Old Dominion. So that was the other thing for, you know, for the back of the pack, like me, 28 hours, um, you know, you have to make sure you be able to run. And I think one of the challenges you don't know at Old Dominion, what is gravel road and trails. Mm. So it was, um, I got a bit nervous at some point when I was told, oh, at night it's so technical, you won't be able to run that section when you have your, you're allowed to a safety uh, runner with you. Mm -hmm. um, so you have to build up some time for it. Um, so yeah, so I built up, like I did a marathon and I did this challenge, which was going up the gravel road. Um, it's just under, maybe it's like nine miles to go up and down. So did like, again, repeats all day. I think I did like 12, 14 hours of that because I didn't do any races to build up. Um, I mean, financially and, you know, for the sure. time to going, I, I, I use this, those challenges in the spring, which when you have, you know, mud and uh, snowy condition, it's not always easy. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, but it was actually a good training because it was gravel road, uh, like you said, to build the quad going the down for Western State. Um, definitely between the two, um, you know, to recover, which is you know often a question I ask, what do you do in between when you have three weeks? My routine is I usually don't uh, run at all for, you know, usually I don't run the weekdays after a race, finish on Sunday, I will wait until Saturday. 
uh, I will walk, I will have a massage. Um, oh, I will also have a hot tub, which I think can help with heat training. Like after doing uh, my heat training on the bicycle, I will go in the hot tub for before or after just to stay hot again. Um, yeah, what else I see? Yes, I use those to, to build up in between. And then I, I was just looking after Old Dominion. I only did like 31 mile the week after. Mm. But in that 31 mile, I did two repeats of um, Prairie just to make sure my quad will be strong and not be sore for Western State, which work. Like physically, I was I was surprised. Even after two weeks, I would felt like I was very excited. I could have done West. I felt like I could have done Western State right away. I was uh, very excited to do it. Um, yeah, so Western State, so Western State was really warm, uh, again, like Old Dominion, but the, um, but that, because I knew it didn't go so well at Old Dominion with my, uh, with my stomach at Western State, they tell you, you, we have like 80 pounds of ice per runner. So don't be shy, like use uh, ice. And I did it a lot. I really use, uh, ice and it went well. Like I, yeah, my stomach, I mean, it wasn't hundred percent, but it was way better. Uh, how, how, did, how did you use the ice? Uh, I had a bandana that I asked somebody to have a hole in there so I could really um, put it around my neck. I had my the white um, sleeves for the arms. Um, did you pack those with ice? Sorry? Then you pack the arm sleeves with ice? Yeah, I would put two or three just, you know, where you have your vein to really um, hits uh, your, your bloodstream. And um, the other thing is I had the Solomon backpack where um, I just put the ice directly in my back and my bra. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what else I did? Oh, I had those, um, it's hard to find, like you had those plastic where you can fill up uh, ice cube. It's like a nice pack. So it fits really okay. well in the backpack. Um, oh, it would take hours to melt. So that was really good. Oh, cool. Um also, um, that was really great, you know, for international runners. I mean, though sometimes I don't feel so international because I go in the States so often. <laughs> uh, we had a we had a barbecue with at the at the town of Auburn, where we get, you know, the city and all that. And we had also a podcast uh, with um Traveling Nation where the host and Ian Sherman was there and um Tim Twitmeyer. So it was nice we could ask them questions. And I saw um, Ian after also in the Squaw Valley and I, um, Olympic Valley, sorry. <laughs> the, um, I was asking him because he was saying, oh, this creek, make sure you use it. And that's something I always do because I, I think I do pretty well in hot races usually. And I really make sure I stop, uh, take my my buff and soak in the cold water, put in my head, and, um, even sometimes removing my T-shirt and just totally soak it in the water and put it back on. Um, and I was asking, well, because you say use the creek, but I said, how far do we have to go? Because that's always a question when you run and you see a creek, like sometimes mm -hmm. it's a bit far, it's bushwhacking to get there. Like, do I take the time, do I risk an injury to get there? And say, oh, no, no, at Western State, you like you're going to walk in the creek. Like, you don't have to go <laughs> off course. Like, oh, okay, it's good to know. So <laughs> yeah. I just wait that we actually walk in there. Um, so that was a good tip from uh, no, no, knowing that because you don't know. Yeah. Um, I just tried to think, I was thinking, what can I say on the Western state that for me was a surprise because of course, everybody will all look on YouTube and, and sure. see all this. Yeah. One thing, um, because we always see the elite, um, no hands bridge when it's daylight, it doesn't look the same as night. It's not as pretty. <laughs> it, was <a> <laughs> it was pretty ordinary. It was nobody there. It was one person, I think 
not sure if she was part of the court or the, <laughs> the, the Western state at all. Um, and after no hand bridge, uh, you're almost there. You look on your watch, can getting there. Well, all you see, it's a mountain. You're like, where is Auburn? How come I don't see anything? <laughs> it was, it's so steep, there was even stairs. So be prepared because I think mentally, you know, you're ready to be done. And then really, you're kidding me? Like, how can that be? I don't hear anything. It's not pavement. It's a mountain. Anyway, so yeah, don't don't be surprised. Near after no hands bridge is still a mountain to climb. So, okay. um, yeah. Other than that, it was uh, everything I was I was wishing for. Um, super friendly. You feel like you're part of their family, like the race director and all that. They were um, very nice to talk with you, like you're their best friend. It's, uh, you know, <laughs> Craig Farley drove by once and, hey, you've never been to a station before during the race. That was cool. Like, okay, nice. And um, yeah. And, oh, and Scott Jurek was there at uh, Mile 90. That was a very nice surprise uh, yeah. to, to see him there. That's cool. He's like, what do you want? I want a picture. Uh, <laughs> <With> you. <laughs> so that was funny. That's you know. cool. Um, with, um, you know, dousing yourself and getting wet and, and creek crossings, did you have mm -hmm. any problem with uh, your feet or anything like that? Um, or did you dry out pretty quick? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I had planned for the river crossing. That was funny because uh, when the sun went down, um, I remember I started to shiver. Like I still have ice on me. Mm. So then I removed the eyes quickly and then I was getting worried I would be cold at night because um, I was all wet and, you know, it takes a long time to your shirt to dry and everything. Yeah. Um, so I did, when I went to the last aid station before crossing the river, I changed shirt for a dry shirt. It turns out I was actually too hot. I, I ran in my sport bra foremost before uh, the bridge. And then I put back my shirt because I thought I'm probably going to, oh, sorry. Yeah, I think I put it back, but I rolled it up and it was just refreshing. Frankly, the river was actually amazing, but I did plan for one. I, I rarely change shoes. I usually put them in a drop bag just in case. Um, and I did, obviously, that one I, I had my, I actually, for those, all my races this summer, I had crew. So I want a big, uh, okay. big thank you to the people. So Western State, I'm calling my uh, Charlie's Angel group. So I had Yvonne and okay. Milan to pace me, thirty about 30K each or 20 miles each. And then... Um, uh, Christian was our driver and um, making sure we get uh, the places, but and helping also at the aid station. So they came there at the Green Gate. Is it Green Gate? Anyway, they, they, they hike down with uh, yeah, Green Gate. Five yep. shoes uh, for me. So it was nice to have a dry shoe after that. And really, this year it was it was dry. I was dry the whole time. Like even okay. in the um, Alpine, like it can be wet, can have snow. Like sure. we, we it was pretty dry this year. So we okay. lucked out with that. Yeah. I was able to like step on the rocks and avoid to have wet feet. So I, I did debate. Oh yeah. I did had a blisters. I often do. Uh, I, I tape my feet. So for me, I already taped it. I'm like, um, what can I do more than that? Because I, I remember cruel jewel. I, I wasted lots of time trying to poke the, the blister didn't work. So then I, it's all, and I did debate to uh, stop and get somebody to look. So I stop. I say, hey, I have blisters. Like, should I, do you want to look at that? But I say, it stopped hurting. Because after a while, you know, sometimes it just stopped hurting. Right. But you don't know if it's going to come back. And she said, you're fine. She said, keep going. <laughs> so <laughs> I resolved the issue. So I just kept going. 
Um, and oh, and they have this, um, I forgot her name. She's a, a feed doctor at the end and she's just loved to see your feet full of blisters and they help me to take care of it after. I thought, you know what, they're there for that. So might as well um, take advantage of it. But I do have lots of calluses and everything. So I typically have one or two blisters. Sometimes I don't feel them, but I see them after the fact. So I don't have the best feet. Um, so I could probably learn to get better at that. Yeah. I, I did change socks. Um, I know for was that I'm going to try that, uh, to help. And I did change socks a few times and I think I'm going to keep doing that going forward, change more often and, uh, loop again. Um, yeah, I did that at was that and it went, yeah, it went pretty good. So that I'm going to try going forward. Um, yeah. Cool. Um, so, um, made it through two races <laughs> in three yeah. weeks time, 200 milers in three weeks time, which is incredible. Um, so, um, then you have Vermont. How much time was between Western and Vermont? Is it four three weeks? weeks, three no, weeks, three weeks. Yep. Three, three, three. Yep. <laughs> oh boy. Another three weeks. Good God. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so, um, talk about the logistics for this for, for mm -hmm. a moment. Um, how did you plan this out? Like that's especially coming from Canada. That's a lot of traveling. Um, how did, how did yeah. you work all that out? <laughs> <laughs> well, you look what flight is the cheapest. And I actually, I changed for Vermont. First I was thinking flying to Boston and then they came back and I canceled that flight. So I rebooked to Montreal. Um, yeah, because Vermont is not really airport that close. So you have you know, to rent a car. Um, turns out my, my dad was sick. Um, so I had to flew to fly in emergency, like to see, uh, to go see him at the hospital, um, in Northwest Quebec, um, just like maybe 10 days before. So I spent an extra week in Quebec and then he was transferred to Montreal. So I went to Montreal and I had a car rental there. Um, this summer, you know, you probably heard all the problem with the, the luggage to get getting lost. Mm -hmm. Um, the car rental was horrible situation. So my advice, um, rent, like book your car rental way ahead with free cancellation, but way ahead. I got, I saved a lot of money uh, booking like six months ahead. Uh, I remember the guy, the car, car rental was shocked when he saw how much I paid only. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, because even the day of, there was no car left. He said he didn't have any car left that day. So that could be a big struggle for people. That was, I think, added to the stress. Um, yeah, I think, like you said, logistically to plan everything. Um, I had a, a pacer, uh, Jimmy from um, Quebec City, that was driving, meeting me there. So thanks to him. So that was nice to have somebody because... <laughs> Like I said, usually I don't have that many pacer, but I thought after leaving my experience in um, Iron Horse in Alberta, I thought, well, you know what? I'm just going to post it on Facebook, see if somebody wants to come. And uh, Jimmy, which I never met in person before, uh, volunteered to come pace me, to drive all the way from Quebec City to come pace me. So that was amazing. Uh, can't thank him enough for, for joining me. Um, so yeah, so for Vermont, um, rented a car, drove there. Um, I was just sleeping in my car. Yeah. And how were you feeling after Western? How was your recovery between those, between Western to Vermont? Right. Because there's something I did mention, um, I had lower back pain, um, after all the minute, not, not during the race so much. I, it started during the spring, like running downhill once in a while. 
Um, but after Old Dominion, uh, Jennifer came with me uh, to visit, like to, to uh, do my, she was my um, safety runner and crew me uh, at the same time. So that was very nice of her. And the day after, uh, or even after the race, um, you know, you sleep a few hours and then my lower back just getting up was really painful. Mm-hmm. Um, but luckily it didn't last too long. Like, you know, I went to see chiropractor massages and it went away. Um, <clears throat> but then I was nervous. Like, what if it comes back? You know, right. Western State, same thing. It was, um, give me a few tips to, uh, so Milan was working on my back right after the race and she seemed to help because I was way better the day after like I didn't have like the pain was reducing as I was doing my 100 miler so mm. at Vermont I did not feel it uh, and I slept in my car which seems to help because I was I was fine uh so it kind of went away for that third race and that was I think that's the only thing I can't remember um yeah that was my 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 kind of fear is that something would come and I would you know stop you to do yeah or uh, prevent you to finish the race sure so yeah so that was good um Vermont has a really good um setup like the camp when you get there Um, like I said there's no big city close by it's all villages so it's very pretty um and then there's they have um like the horse camps that reminded me when I used to come with my horse and all uh all people over there lots of people uh sleep in their tent Mm-hmm. I I rented like a RAV4, so I was able to just sleep in the back of my car. So it was very well done for that. I remember the morning getting up and it's not even cold. I thought it was amazing. <laughs> um, it was good to sleep there. Um, so I really liked the setup, like how, and of course we had nice weather that's really helped um, to, to, you know, to have a good time, meet people before the race. Um, and then again, by then it's my third race. I kind of start to new people. And when you Grand Slam, I see I saw Simon for the second time. He was doing his Grand Slam two, two years in a row. So wow. that's a good person who's supposed to reach out. Um, yeah, so that was that was great. Um, I um, I really like in Vermont how green and lush it is. That was mm-hmm. very nice. It's very runnable. Um, I did a better time, a faster time than was expected. Uh, I met people that was doing their like. Uh, I think Marie was there for the fifth time. Um, so it was like, people go there many times. So it was kind of nice when I talked to Mary. It's like, oh, I think we're going good time. And I, that's where I realized I was way ahead of my expected time for my pacer. So luckily I was able to reach out to Jimmy and ask him to come earlier. Uh, I think that was due wasn't as hot as usual. Like definitely uh, compared to my two other races, it was cooler. Um, so I was, it was the fastest time for sure out of the four um what else so the horses of course we were all excited when you after running a few miles like when are we going to see the horses <laughs> finally the first one came and so it, they, they don't do they don't start at the same time and they're not always with you um so it's it's kind of nice and i end up seeing pretty much the same horses um like a few sections of them um but yeah does it look too long when i see them they pass me so i try to take a few pictures <laughs> and, uh, left. Um, talk about the course a little bit um you know uh, we, like uh, you know we all like you said we, we've seen western states and stories about western states and um uh, you know um i've told stories about old dominion so <laughs> people have heard yeah. the stories about old dominion but uh vermont is one i don't know a lot about mm-hmm. and i you know a lot of our runners you know some do but i mean would you kind of just kind of run us through what is uh predominantly what are you running on uh you know what's uh what's the uh the train like all that kind of stuff 
Um, I think lots of a gravel road, but like nice gravel road, like not like you can really run, like not mm-hmm. the baby rocks. It's nice, like uh, packed dirt. Um, lots of um, not so I don't know sure the percentage, but there was also trails. Um, but the trails are runnable. It's mainly smooth. Um, of course, you have some hill that you, you cannot run. But for the main part, um, compared to Old Dominion, the trails were like very technical, I found. Where these ones were smooth, you can still uh, run them. Sometimes you go to field, like uh, quad trails for field. Um, you go through, um, I think it was like 90 private um, land when you go in Vermont. So they, they really, you know, have to be very respect- respectful of not um no no littering really you there um so so that was very nice um other than that i mean it's um it's like rolling hills you know like in the morning when you see the mist like around like some ponds or lake and uh lots of farmland and uh very like the house are so pretty i'm like <laughs> why like you don't you wonder what, what people live here they must be a retiring place because it's kind of remote like i don't know where they would yeah. work and right. like how yeah. come they have such a pristine like landscape and everything's <laughs> pretty uh, must be a like a nice vacation place i'm assuming <laughs> one one thing i can tell you i do not know they have that a station called uh, margaritaville <laughs> And I don't know. I heard in the podcast that they might have margaritas. I thought, why they didn't told us that at the race at the race, before the start of the race? I did not know. So, in case you feel like having a margarita, <laughs> I would ask at that aid station. They might have some. I, I didn't see it. I was like, what? They didn't tell me about it. <laughs> um, so the race, yeah, the race is always like it's a lottery, so it's full of people. But I remember I had some section that was just um, in between people. Actually, after Margarita Vils, I was like, okay, I need to. You know, try to find somebody to talk with. So that was, mm-hmm. I remember uh, speeding up to uh, to meet this guy. I was like, sorry, I haven't been talking for a few hours. <laughs> I need to talk. He was like, oh, me too. So we, <laughs> it was so nice to just chat together. So the next aid station, next thing you know, oh, the next aid station is there. Uh, one of the things I was pretty amazed how many aid stations they do have. Like most of those races, the first three, they have like over 20 aid stations. It's pretty shocking. Like yeah. that's why you see on the videos, people like, like, People fast like you, they just have inhale because it's so quick, like between eight station. Right. Um, you know, I'm not, you know, when you was well, actually not the same, you have more time, but as you get more, but that was something I was I was surprised when I saw how many eight station did they have. Um, very well equipped. Um That's cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And you're and it sounds like your back held up. <laughs> Yep, yep, no pain. And the day after, it was it was usually more after. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember that. So I was like, oh, maybe just sleeping in the car make the tricks. That's really helped <laughs> because I was yeah. way better the day after. So yeah, that was. Um, so we finished like early, um, early morning, and because uh, I was just driving back to Mo- to Montreal after my my aunt lived there, so I, I drove back the road back there. Um, they don't have showers, but they have a hose for the horses. <laughs> I think it's Jimmy who noticed. I'm like, hmm, okay, so uh, you know how the hose is warmer up under the sun. So I just yeah. put, um, you know, my sport bra, my bikini, and I went and had a shower with the hose there. That was pretty nice. And they have a, a nice uh, brunch at the end. Uh, I mean, it's a self-serve, but um, yeah, so it was nice um, set up for after the race and you can chat with, with other runners who just finished. So that's great. Again, it was nice weather, uh, perfect weather this year. So, and, and that was the one you fundraised for. So um, was mm-hmm. there any 
um, any type of collective team, uh, any activities yeah. before or after? No, we didn't see, like, I know I, I met one guy who had raised like the most, I knew his name. I was hoping to see uh, Krista that, you know, been chatting and I was, each time I was saw a woman, I was like, hey, you're Krista. <laughs> you know, yeah. I kind of knew what she looked like, but some, like if I see somebody with brown hair, hey, are you Krista by any chance? Have you seen her? Fortunately, I didn't get to uh, to meet her. And, um, you know, after the rest, you were a bit tired. So I went, you know, sleep and went up and I didn't get to meet her. Mm. Uh, but yeah, that would be a good suggestion to maybe uh, have a meeting point to set up at some time before and uh, yeah. just meet each other. Yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. um, all right. So three down. <laughs> That's incredible. <Yeah. laughs> three down in what do we got? That's nine weeks time. No, six, six weeks time, right? Six weeks, three, three hundreds. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. All right. I'm not going to think about that. Um, <laughs> um, so now you're looking ahead to, to Wasatch. This is another three weeks to Wasatch. Is that correct? Well, no, this one had seven weeks. Oh, seven weeks. Oh, that's right. Because Leadville is in between. That's right. Okay. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. You got, so you got seven um, weeks, seven whole weeks. What did you do with yourself? Well, I went on my vacation with my spouse. So we went <laughs> two weeks, but my spouse is also a trail runner. So vacation means trail running or uh, he's not a hiker, but he mountain bikes. So he's a, uh, but I remember a few times I was hot. Like we had a heat wave um, this summer. So we went, uh, we usually go by Squamish or North Vancouver um, for our two weeks vacation. So we went the first week and our, it was, so I took a week in between and, you know, went there with him. Um, but I remember some days I was like, oh, it's too hot to run. I just feel like hiking, not running. And it's like, come on. So it's already faster a bit than me so it was hard so he pushed me a little bit uh i reached out to a few friends i made over the years when i go there um to a i went uh, hiking with april i was very happy when it was just a hike um i think mentally to travel a lot like not being home yeah. that was one part of you know I, I mean it's hard to prepare but that's something just to warn you like it's uh yeah i, I wish um uh, you know, would be nice to just stay home. After that, I didn't want to travel. <laughs> I understand. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So other than that, so I just you know, and because also Wasatch was more elevation, it was kind of a good fit that you get to hike more anyway. Sure. Uh, we went in Washington State. Uh, we did Huntington uh, uh, Pass there, which was very pretty. Um, oh, and we got COVID. Yeah, that's right. Oh. August first. <laughs> yeah, August first got COVID, so I stayed. Um, in the van, we were like traveling in the van, so I had to stay in the van for five days. So I got a forced rest there. Oh, gotcha. But it was was the good timing to not having it, I guess, between yeah. the other races. Sure. Um, yeah. So I, I know I talked with other runners, same thing. Like Simon had uh, between races, he had COVID, so a few few of us. And how were you? Was a big stress, like the summer, like even like in June, yeah. um, in, even May, I stopped to seeing people, like try to avoid other than my very close friend, make sure I can grow across the border. Um, yeah, for sure. And aside from being a little bit homesick mentally, like how were you? Were you still pretty, pretty with it, pretty strong, pretty motivated to, to get to Washington? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, by um, that point, it's got to get pretty tough. Yeah, I mean... Luckily for like Wasatch was actually like I said a race again um, that I really wanted to do anyway. Like it's yeah. a mountain. I think it looks very pretty. Yeah. Um, like I was watching videos and I thought oh, it looks pretty like yellow. It is some section, but um, I was very happy. So there's definitely some section with nice trees. 
Um, and for that race, I was driving. It's like 13 hours south of Calgary. Um, so Milan came with me. So that was nice too. Um, I thought, oh, you know, less, a bit less stress. Don't worry about luggage. Well, my, my car, the brakes like um, seized up and the brakes mm. in the back, like the week before had smoke. So oh, it was very stressful because it was a long before a long weekend. So I, I barely made it find an appointment somewhere to replace the brakes. I was able to leave on time. Um, yeah, to go there. But I added some stress. Even in the morning, I can see some smoke. Like, oh my God, don't tell me. It's oh, no. So not it was, it was probably just some grease that was like burning a bit. But anyway, I made it there. Um, and again, it was really hot. Um, so Wasatch, um, how is it in Fahrenheit? I to think. Should have prepared. It was 36 or 38 Celsius. So anyway, it was hot. <laughs> for <Right. laughs> um and then we did we, did, we started to have smoke just like the day we arrived like the thursday i think they already started the friday um so you have a awesome setup but because it's so hot people don't hang out there so much so i was a bit disappointed not to see my friends before the race um but in the so we have a bus um so you you have a bus downtown so milan dropped me at i think it was 4 a.m uh, took the bus and um, right away a girl say can I sit with you sure so uh, I met Lorena so that was a very nice way like mm -hmm. I found people was so friendly like even actually at the um, race pickup package uh, you know the race director will come around have question and then I was preparing like taking notes because she was driving uh, to crew me along and um, Max also, who was doing it for the 25th time, uh, wow. came and, you know, tried to offer help and give us some tips. Um, what else have she told me that? Um, yeah, anyway, so the, it's, um, so you start, it's very steep. Like you see it on videos, it's steep at the start. I, I was surprised how steep it was. Um, but yeah, you get, you get on the ridge and it's uh, the sunrise. So that's beautiful um, after that. Yeah, it's been very um, pretty much as I was expecting. I think there was one more station with water. I didn't know, so maybe I would not have to carry as much. Um, but yeah, people were very friendly. I got you know to chat with people. I felt like I was like even at night, I was always surrounded with people most of the time. Um, in a few sections, not always, but good enough. Like I was um, really enjoy like just the right amount. Like I don't like when I don't see anybody for hours. I um, so that was nice. Um, the, um, yeah, one section I saw, it was like, even like a canyon, I remember, um, it was like purple rocks and orange rocks. So, um, yeah, definitely recommend. It was very nice and well-organized, uh, aid station, um, you know, pretty typical one had like music so loud, you can hear it for miles after going up. Uh, so that was fun. And uh, yeah, so for that race, I really took the time to change my socks to make sure and I did not suffer for blisters. So I think it's a tip I will take the time going forward to change socks and reapply whatever kind of glide you, you use. Um, I think it's worth it. And not, I try to remember, was there a river crossing? I don't remember having major, my feet that much wet. And we got good weather, it was hot, but it got nice weather. Um, oh, the one thing, oh yeah. Sorry, I did got an, an issue. My uh, my left toe flexor was getting really sore and I'm not really fast down. Like usually people would pass me. I'm pretty steady in the up, but so much in the down. And I remember um, talking with um, with Jeff who was doing it for, I think it was the 23rd time. 
And I asked Jeff, so uh, what do you think we're going to be on time? Because I guess the Swedish race has 36 hours. So I'm thinking, okay, plenty of time. You know, at first I was thinking, oh, maybe 32 hours. Usually I'm more like aim for two hours before, but I thought, I think I can, you know, feeling good. I can make it a bit faster this one. Um, turns out I was ahead of my chart to be 32 hours uh, for the first day. Uh, I saw Milan at, I think, just before eight o'clock, before it gets dark. I'm guessing maybe I ate too much because I got stomach issue after. So I really slowed down the first part of the night. Um, so then by the time she was able to pace me, because logistically for the pacer, when you only have one person, it's a bit hard because we, so we went to uh, to the lodge and she left the car there. So we had to find a ride with someone in the morning with, you know, who would give us a ride after. Um, so she left, I think, at 4 a.m. with me. Uh, by then, I was starting to feel better. But then I met Jeff in the morning, and he said, oh, I think we'll be done around 35 hours, maybe 35 and a half. I'm like, whoa, are you kidding me? I don't want to be that close. So <laughs> I started to just ignore my pain on my ankle, and I just, like, flew, like, the downhill passing everybody. I mean, I'm like, oh, my God, I didn't expect you to run that fast. Um, yeah, so that was, uh, that was a bit of a shock. And then after that, I said, like, don't let Jeff pass us, eh? Because I don't want to be 35 hours. Um, you know, for me, it was just cutting too close. You just don't know what's going to happen. Sure. And Jeff also told us, you know, on paper, it looks, you look at videos, it's like a gravel pathway by the reservoir, by the lake. And then you have a mile of pavement at the end, which, you know, they warn you it's going to be hot. Um, but then Jeff told me, you know, so the pathway is actually not that flat. It's actually rolling up and down. So you might not run that much. And the pavement has a slight uphill. So, you you know, when it's really hot, you're not going to feel to run either. So all that time I was thinking, I can make some time for the last, you know, the last five miles. Well, not so much. Don't count on it so much. So, um, yeah, so that was, I'm glad when I saw Jeff, he told me that. And I saw him at one aid station when he arrived. Because I was, I started to sit down at that race. For some reason, I was thinking, you know, I have time. But then after, when I saw Jeff coming, the eighth season, I'm like, man, let's go. We got to go. So that's him. But then um, near the end, he finally catch up with us because we stopped taking pictures. Like when I got to the gravel pathway, that's where I knew, you know, like, it's like, I'm, I know I'm going to finish for sure. Even if that ankle gets really bad, like I could, you know, mm -hmm. so, yeah, I could go. I will finish for sure. Um, so uh, we stopped there. He catch up with us, and then we, we got to chat with him, and um, so that was nice. We, we just get get the last push, um, yeah, to the finish. Um, so yeah, uh, definitely got emotional in the finish, knowing that okay, finally, because um, it is stressful. Like you, you put so many years to you know, to qualify to finally do it, and uh, lots of money too, like to do all those races. So you like okay, that big goal I had for like over seven years. This is it. It's done. So, yeah, that yeah, was very emotional. Yeah. So you cross the finish line, and then um, so Wazaz give you um, it's like a plate, uh, the shape of the mountains, and they put your time. So you have to wait about half an hour to get it. Um, but your trophy, they have an eagle trophy with the four names of the race. The four, yeah, they put your name and the time the each race that you've done. Wow. It's already ready, so they do it ahead of time. Uh, so that was nice to get that uh, right away. Wow. Um, yeah, and then I get to see you now people, other people, grandstand that was still there. Um, yeah, but the only thing is it was so hot. It was, it was so we, we stay until the end uh, to see the last runner finish. Um, I just wish that they were more, I mean, it was just so hot. They, they had actually a little tent where you can stay a bit in the shade, but um, yeah. 
that was the end of the Grand Slam. <laughs> yeah. The only one to take the, um, I forgot the name, the guy who gave us a ride back to the car uh, with, um, yeah, with Steve and uh, his pacer because that was, uh, Steve was a Grand Slammer. He was actually doing it for the second time, not in a row, but yeah, it was a second time coming back. So incredible. definitely people like it. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's incredible. <laughs> yeah. That's absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you, you've talked about some of the the challenges within the races themselves. Uh, one big one being heat. Um, yeah. Another being uh, making sure that you have the flights and, and rental cars um, lined up. Mm-hmm. But um, any other challenges that were presented that you can think of um, that you could share that maybe others wouldn't think of? Um, no, I think that was the big one uh, this year. Like, you know, we talk about luggages uh, yeah. challenge. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think, right. yeah. And if, you know, the first thing I did is also if you're planning to go with the crew, like line up, like who is coming. Because, you know, when you, you try to book your places. Um, yeah. I, yeah. One, uh, I know Norm booked the, the wrong town at first. So oh. <laughs> I think he realized two weeks to three weeks before. He booked at Squaw Valley, which is not the right place in California. Very confusing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, so he, he had to book. I think he was, I can't remember which town, but he had to drive a lot before to get to Western States. So, <laughs> yeah. So I would say, you know, you know, you're in Western State, like book it um, yes. now. Like, yeah. Um, because yeah. I, I don't know why I procrastinate because I knew for three years, but somehow I wasn't sure how many people would come and I, sure. I waited long. So I ended up being trucky, but yeah, it wasn't too bad. Right on. Um, any words of advice for folks like myself or anybody else looking to uh, to attempt the Grand Slam? Anything you would uh, pass down? Any words of wisdom? Uh, I think I share my tips. Like I, I would just say, you know, um, I think it's worth it. Like it's um, the fact that you have to wait. You know, you two, you you've done. You have a lot of experience. Like trust that you're. You have all the experience. Like it's not. It's not some, I know some people do it like very quickly and they, they start like Simon is probably one like, uh, example of that. But uh, for most people, you build your experience in um, having like the group to reach out um, to. But I think you can, like I, I wasn't physically, I don't know, if, but I think with all those years of building up and doing so many hundred milers, um, like I said, I think for me, it was just mentally to really uh, go after. So um I think that was just me. Be prepared to maybe plan some home time or whatever to recharge whatever you it's useful for you to recharge a battery because right. um, that could be a bit draining and um, plan ahead so that when it's time, you're not too stressed out. Everything is, is planned out. Right on. Um, and it, of course, make sure you choose your, your crew carefully so that they <laughs> are, um, doesn't add stress, but actually yeah. reduce the stress because yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like you might think, yeah, for sure. Yep. Good point. Um, you've mentioned so many people throughout this conversation. Um, do you want to just give any specific thank yous to, uh, to any folks? Well, yeah, definitely to all my, my pacer, like, uh, Jennifer Silverthorne that came with me on my trip and, and also maybe even the people, um, you know, that helped me to raise money to get to Vermont. Uh, my cousin, when came to see me in Vermont, it was very nice. And uh, Jimmy Laporte, who came uh, from Quebec City to pace me. Um, big shout out to my team, my Challenger team, uh, Christian, Milan, Ivan. It was amazing too. And Milan, I even came for a second time. Um, yeah. I would have, like I said, I think it really make a difference when you have people around you, uh, really make it more enjoyable, even the trip and everything. So, 
Can't thank them enough. Yep. <laughs> uh, Fanny, I, I, I hope our conversation did your accomplishment justice because it was, it's incredible. Like that's amazing, you know, uh, feat just to, uh, to get through four 100s, let alone the four 100s that you did in that amount of time. So I really, I congratulate you and I, I'm in awe. Um, I'm, I'm excited by this, this challenge. So I, I really thank you for all your, your words and advice. And, and it's great to hear your story because it, it's very motivating for sure. Thank you. I want to also encourage like other women. And we were only three women uh, sign up for the Grand Slam out of 22 and all three finish. So nice. I just want to encourage, you know, um, it's it's for everybody. So yeah, encourage people to, to sign up. It was a great experience for sure. Yep. Fantastic. Um, so uh, how can people connect with you? Um, like, don't hesitate. If you come in uh, around Calgary, uh, Banff, if um you know, happy to go running with people. I might be away to a race, but if I'm here, uh, I can be reached on Messenger and Facebook uh, at Fanny Barrett. Um, and also I would say Instagram. Um, I don't necessarily accept people on Facebook. Like I don't, I don't know, but if you message me, I'll respond to you. Um, but on Blue, um, my Instagram name is a Blue Running um, Licorn. Licorn is a French word for unicorn. <laughs> so just so you know. So, um, but yeah, don't reach out if you have questions and everything. Uh, reach out to me. I'm happy to help go for a run. Or um, if you see my name going to race, please let me know. And we always, uh, sometime I go, um, you know, I'm still debating where I'm going to go in the spring. I'm thinking maybe Arkansas, which I don't know anybody. Um, sometimes it's nice when I, you know, sometimes I do reach out if I know a name, but the, the, those places I don't know anybody so yeah don't hesitate to reach out i'm uh, I, I get energy from people and i'm always happy to meet people and talk about running <laughs> so, yeah. you're wonderful and congratulations once again that was tremendous um thank you for sharing your story nice chatting with you and i hope we're i can uh, meet in, in in person soon. that would be great yeah well hopefully you'll come down from hellbender someday and uh, yeah it's on my list okay i'll reach out sounds good aaron <laughs> thank you ma'am Congratulations once again to Fanny on her finish of the Grand Slam. Just uh, what a incredible accomplishment. Just so cool. Uh, it got me excited. I'm inspired and motivated by her story. And, and hearing about this, it gets me excited to think about doing the Grand Slam. Um, so um, just to update everybody, uh, registered, as I said to, to Fanny, I registered for Old Dominion as a just-in-case. Um, Western, I am registered for uh, Vermont, I am registered for, and we have accomplished the fundraising goal for Vermont, which is incredible. Uh, I am still in the process of raising funds for the uh, Leadville 100 for the Challenged Athletes Foundation. Uh, so uh, we're, I am super close to that goal. Uh, my intention is to raise $2,500 or more. And as of this moment, I think I'm about $600 away from that. So uh, what uh, just an incredible outpouring of support that uh, and generosity that you all have provided. So uh, if you can help me finish off this goal, I sincerely appreciate it. The link again is in the show notes. So uh, please join me there. If you can, uh, once again, thank you. And if, if, if you can't support me in that way, if you could just uh, share my social media, uh, you know, just the links are in my social media. So if you can share those, um, that would be wonderful. Uh, I'd love to raise as much money possible for both. And just because I've reached my goal in Vermont does not mean that you can't still contribute. So I'll include that link if, uh, if that makes uh, more sense to you or is closer to your heart. So um, I really appreciate being able to raise these funds for these challenges challenged athletes, these adaptive athletes. 
uh, it's just incredible to uh, to have this as part of my why. Uh, I, I really feel encouraged and motivated to uh, to do my best to, uh, to you know to do this Grand Slam because of this opportunity. It's really brought a lot more to this challenge. So I'm grateful for this opportunity, and I'm grateful for all of you that can contribute and be a part of this. So thank you. Uh, also the December newsletter is now out. So I will try to include a link in the show notes, uh, for the December newsletter. Uh, if you haven't subscribed, it's free. It comes out once a month. You can do so on my website. I'll include that link in the show notes as well. So, uh, check that out. Uh, what else? Um, my goodness, gosh, uh, coaching filling up quick. My gosh. Uh, ever since our last podcast, I've had a number of people reach out for coaching for, uh, 2023. So if you're interested in having that conversation, now's the time to do so. Please, uh, reach out. Cause like I said, spaces are going quick. I am almost at full capacity. Uh, so, um, ha- let's have that conversation if you're interested. So thank you all to that have reached out. And as always, thank you to my Patreon supporters. Uh, I list them in the show notes. They are just really tremendous supporters. Um, Got a new Patreon supporter, uh, Woody Randall. Um, Randall Woody, Woody, Woody. We'll call. We'll just say Woody. <laughs> Sorry, Woody. Um, my love to you, man. Thank you for the support. Uh, you are just a wonderful human being for for supporting not only uh, Patreon, but he also donated to the cause to help me get on the starting line uh, for this Grand Slam. So thank you so much, Woody, for all that support. I really do appreciate that. Uh, and to the rest of you, thank you so much for all your support, for your love and outpouring of everything you've done. It's just incredible. Uh, I got so choked up on the last episode because uh, it just means the world to me to be able to do this and to be able to you know, help other uh, athletes be able to get to their own starting line, wherever that is, uh, whether it's a starting line, the top of a mountain, uh, you know, onto a river. I just it's great we're creating opportunities that uh you know is going to impact others lives in such a positive manner so thank you for being a part of this with all that said um i am just going to sign off for this episode and thank you all once again uh and if i can uh come up with uh um a new topic Uh, I certainly will. The next episode I'm hoping is going to be with Nathan Lehman. We're going to do our gear review and our favorite picks for 2022. So stay tuned for that. I'm not sure if it'll be the next episode or the one afterwards, but uh, I'm excited to talk to Nathan because his crew went to the running event and has uh, seen some of the stuff that will be coming out in 2023. So hopefully that'll be a part of our conversation. So stay tuned for that. Uh, Otherwise, keep on running, my friends.